welcome back, our good people, to the hum and the holler. Our good people. Our good people. The podcast that accompanies the 2021 calendar of Small Spells, which is our final calendar of Small Spells. So this month is second to last, and next month will be the last of this year, the last of this riddle, and also the last of a six-year cycle of a whole body of work that Karina and I have been working on. Yeah. It's super exciting. And before you get sad about endings, as we are all wont to do, we're not going anywhere. We're going to keep making calendars. They are taking an exciting new turn. And we have an extra exciting new project that I think we're finally ready to tease for you. Yeah, y'all, my shoulders are bouncing. (laughs) Which is why we are in person together right now in Joe's beloved home nestled into the hills of Madison County, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. On stolen Cherokee land. We have curated 56 of the spells from the last six years and are creating a deck, an oracle deck, for you. It is called The World Within, and we literally just spent four days in a row giving each other readings with this deck in order to understand how the deck works, what what each card means, how they show up in spreads. Also answering various questions and quandaries about our lives. Really best business retreat ever. It was awesome, and we're really excited. It's still um, very much a... a a baby project, but it is happening and it feels more real uh, today than it ever has. So we just wanted to tease that for all of you all so that you won't be too sad about the cycle ending because very, very soon, I don't know how soon, but very, very soon, (laughs) you will get to work with these spells in your very own hands. In a new way. In a new way that honestly feels like the reason we made them. Mm -hmm. You can't really do the kind of deep, introspective, meditative, healing-oriented work that you would do with an oracle deck with a wall calendar. Mm-hmm. You can try. I, it's honestly, awkward. though, like some of y'all have done an excellent, better job at that than we have. Like some of the notes <laughs> that I get from people are like, oh, hell yes, people are using this in the way that the spell was meant. And the oracle deck, I think, is like um, just making that so much more accessible mm-hmm. and available and palm-sized. So clearly we're excited. We're also excited to get into November and this tripper, tripper, weirdo spell that um, is so beautiful and so confusing all at once. Before we do that, just want to send out a lot of gratitude to our Patreon supporters and to our non-Patreon supporters. We love that there are some of you that are able to uh, support us financially a little bit every month. It makes a big difference. It feels great. And we also are so grateful for all of you listening who can't or don't participate in that way. That's also great. You may also find the hum on this same feed. The one for November has already come out because we're releasing this one, well, you know, mid-month, but there's an upcoming one for the Sagittarius new moon that will drop on December 3rd. As I'm sure you're aware, this calendar is also a riddle. We are so close to the end. Karina, do you want to read through where we are in the riddle? Yeah, let's get into it. So this is what we got. 
A hush holds the hum and the holler. Worlds within worlds hover here briefly. Gravity's lullaby sing the evening, turning the certainty. Grace follows awkward. Gather the needful, unreal, and all real between message and messenger. What? Yeah, that's where we are right now. So I remember that at Gather the Needful, we took a turn. Mm. Gather the Needful, unreal and all real. Uh, it was as though the unreal and the all real was the clarifier to what the needful was. And I, I anticipate that we are at the first part of another sentence kind of like that or another mm-hmm. phrase like that. Between message and messenger, it doesn't feel complete. Nope. Right? So, so this month, we're going to puzzle around what this what this means as a spell on its own mm-hmm. before creating some, some version of resolution to both this phrase and the year next month. Yeah. And while I agree with you, I think that this is beginning a new sentence that will be finished by next month's clause. There is also a similarity between unreal and all real and then message and messenger. Mm, mm-hmm. In that we can, well, when we start getting into the spell, we'll talk about what happens between the message and the messenger. And there is that same quality of shifting of perspective and that flickering between the tangible and the imaginal realms. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that we began last month. Yeah, like, so gather the needful, semicolon, unreal and all real, but then also unreal and all real between message and messenger. Like, those are also belonging to each other. Yeah, I would just use an M dash and not a semicolon personally for that For both of those? Sentence. Okay, yeah, great. Me too. Really. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever read our blogs, but they are M dash heavy. You know, there was a time in my life when I was a copy editor, and an M dash is really the thing mm-hmm. for most grammatical situations that you might think, what is the thing I need for this grammatical situation? Mm-hmm. That's what we're here to provide on this podcast. <laughs> Grammar support. <laughs> I love me a semicolon, but really an M dash. An M dash can do it all. Shall we talk about the image? Yeah, let's do it. Karina, will you help us all imagine this image by giving your lovely verbal description of what you see? <laughs> I will, yes. Feel free to look at your image as well if you have this on your calendar. But. By all means, also feel free to close your eyes and have some story time, as long as you're not operating, you know, machinery. Or watching small children. Watching small children. Okay. So what we have here is an image that takes place within a triangle and a little bit outside of it. If you are familiar with our past image in Teleki, you might be familiar with this kind of composition. It's a very tall triangle and stable, what is it called? It's not like, isosceles? Is, it, is it an isosceles? I think so. Yeah, no right angles. Very stable and fairly pointy. And <laughs> as it points towards the top, you see a within this triangle, a swath of nighttime sky. The sky is very dark, deep blue. There is a full moon at the very top within the uh, triangle near the top point of it. 
And then this kind of washy river of clouds illuminated by moonlight is zigzagging down from the moon to the base of the triangle where we see a fairly large moth, wings outspread, and the wingtips and a little bit of the bottom of the wings extend beyond the boundaries of this triangle. And the moth is this beautiful teal with gold stripes and black flecks on it. The moth, if you want to look this up on your own time, is called Iotophora iridicolor. I wish I knew what the locals called it. It is indigenous to China and Bhutan and India. And this is our messenger moth mm-hmm. in this particular image. And beneath this uh, painting are the words between message and messenger drawn in the same color gold as is on the moth's wings and body. What does it all mean? (laughs) We're not sure. (laughs) So we've been talking about this one for a few days now. And in in the moment just before we started recording, we were trying to figure out if we had enough of a sense to start recording. And the answer is, I don't know if we do, but I want to see what comes out. Mm -hmm. So Joe and I both have very specific ways into this spell. And so I'm going to try mine and Joe's going to try hers and then we're going to see where we land. Sound good? Yep. Okay. So I'm going to start with the thrilling topic of literary theory. Please don't turn off the podcast yet. Hey, don't be a (laughs) hater about literary theory. It's whatever, you know, we talk about exciting things here. (laughs) My, My inner nerd is feeling shy. Oh. Yeah. Because I love it so much. I just love this so much. You get to (laughs) show us your love for it and your wonderful words about it. Right. And I just don't want anyone who hasn't been to college to feel alienated. That's all. I don't want people to feel that we're being uh, snobs over here. That's that's what I get shy about. So when I was in when I was in college, I wrote a paper about some books. And one of the people who read it as part of like my grading thing was like an outside evaluator. And they were about to like take all, like give me a very bad grade because I did not mention any of the literary theorists. I was making it up Mm -hmm. on my own. Mm -hmm. And so I think that I personally think there's a way into all of this stuff uh, through, through conversation, through your own mind, through listening to Karina talk about it on the podcast, like, fuck college, fuck academia. Let's talk about, like, what's actually happening with language, because okay, that's beautiful. what's so exciting. Because that's so dear to my heart. It's so, so dear to my heart, So let's see if too. I can get to it. This is the people's literary theory. <laughs> the Revolutionary Party for Literary Theory. Okay. So when, when we have a phrase that says between message and messenger, we know that we're talking about language. And what this phrase brings up for me is the question that many literary theorists have about that gap between what they call the signified and the signifier, which is essentially, I am calling this an orange. Orange is the sound I'm making. It is the, you know, in English, we all have understood that that is the word that goes with the fruit that we know of as having all of these characteristics of an orange. And yet there is always some kind of difference between the word that I use and the thing itself. 
this is where it gets a little trippy. So what literary theory and what this spell is sort of pointing at, what, what, what this form of literary theory is positing, is that we can never get at reality itself through language. We can only ever approximate, point at sort of rough outlines, you know, get, get a sketch of it, but there will never be the sense of simultaneousness between the thing itself and what we call it. This might sound really obvious, but I, but I think what's beautiful about this is that so much of how we shape our understanding of ourselves and our lives are through language, and the language that we use has a real effect on reality. So mm-hmm. your hormone levels change based on whether you're hearing praise from somebody or whether you're hearing something that sounds like a threat. Mm-hmm. There, there's a way in which language creates reality. And when we understand that language itself is always a little bit removed from what is real, then we can start to do this alchemical work of prying apart and kind of peering into those gaps and those openings between this is the word I'm finding for this truth and then this is the truth that's always a little bit past it. And understanding that truth is always a little bit beyond even the truest language you can find for it renders us humble, curious, interested in the mystery, willing to change our minds. It, it does this thing to what is otherwise rigid in us that I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm trying it's beautiful. to get beautiful. It's beautiful. I really enjoyed staring out the window and listening to you talk about that. Um, I'm going to start my way into this by amending uh, the very beginning of what Karina said. Uh, I agree with everything that they just said. And um, I don't think this message is necessarily about language. I think it's about communication, right? There's something being communicated. And I, when I think about it, my sense of, of the message could be greater than language, once you learn language, it's really hard to get out of it. Even the words that you're, you know, the thoughts that you're having about an experience that is nonverbal is verbal. You know, the language is there and it's very deep in. But one of the questions that I have about this spell that I'm going to do my best right now to convey to y'all without you being able to see my hands and the, <laughs> and the gestures that I'm going to be doing is, right, so... This is a spell. The words between message and messenger are locating us in an in-between space. And there is ambiguity in my mind as to whether or not this spell is located. And it doesn't have to be one or the other, but are we in the space between the message, which would be the actual pre-verbal essence of a thing and the messenger being the one who forms that into language, right? Is it, be, is it before, lang- are we in the space between before language and language or are we in the space between the, 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 the language that has been chosen and like by the messenger 
and the message that is actually received by the listener. Mm. Does that make sense? So if we were going to put this on a chart, like a history timeline, let's mm-hmm. say, there would be at the beginning of this process, there would be the, the formless void with a spark of impulse mm-hmm. that we could call the message, but we could call something else. Like, oh, I'm, cha- oh, I'm getting a message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how would I, how yeah. am I going to translate it? So on the very left-hand side of our chart would be that, that, that blip of impulse. And then there would be the space between. And then there would be the messenger who is the translator, mm-hmm. the chooser of the words, mm-hmm. the one who transmits. Mm-hmm. And then there would be a space between. The one who transmits this as the messenger and then the message that is received. Yeah. Again, there would be, and then there would be here that has been translated. Yes. So you think that the message in this is ambiguous in that it could either be the, the blip of impulse Mm pre-language or the final uh, form Mm -hmm. of what has been translated and transmitted. I, yes. And I'm going to get even trippier and say that there is no final form, right? Like, because as, as we're laying that out so clearly, I think that this is, this is actually a rhythm it's and recursive. a thing that is recursive that is happening always. And whoever receives the message then becomes the messenger and that it, it's constantly happening. And so we're also, we're referring to, uh, not, is it this or this, but we are referring to a space that is constantly being recreated through the process of communication mm-hmm. of all kinds. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, roots to mycelia, uh, one part of my brain to the other part of my brain, even, mm-hmm. right? That that's the space between that we're looking into. Woof. Yeah. What do you think this moth is doing? Oh, gosh. We had different ideas about that as well. Yeah. Um, well, so yesterday, Karina and I were talking about how moths are, um, right, they've evolved to use moonlight to orient and navigate. What's beautifully ambiguous about both the words of this spell and the image of this spell is that when we see the moth, it's clearly in flight. And we as the viewer are drawn from the moth at at the bottom of the painting to the moon at the very top. Everything compositionally is forcing our eye up to the moon. But in between the moth and the moon is this zigzag river of misty clouds. Mm And okay. the way that I saw it was that these clouds were a distraction. They were getting in the way. That there was some pure light impulse of the moon representing here is that blip of impulse. Here is the inspiration. Here is the thing that, that needs to get conveyed. And then between that moon as the message and the moth as the messenger is a murky river of potential confusion. Totally. And I... I see that, I dig it, and I also see and dig something else. (laughs) Tell me. (laughs) Um, Yes, when you look at this image, it's like, ooh, big, beautiful moth, and then you go up to the moon. And then what happens to my eye is also what kind of happens as as I'm interpreting this internally, is that then from the moon, I follow this kind of like milky river back down to the moth. And my sense is that when I look at this, it's like, is the, is, are the clouds in the way? Are they in the way? Are they obstructing or are they actually carrying 
carrying the light right into the moth's eyes, right into the moth's mouths, right into the moth's sensory whatever. Like, is this... Mouths. Mouths. Yeah, all of them. (laughs) Right? But, like, is this actually a river of light being delivered so that the the moth is drinking? And it is drinking up. And I think that's part of what is exciting to me about this is that the the thing maybe there's some relationship between the the um that which obscures and that which is experienced non-verbally because because when you were talking about the the sign the signifier and the signified right that there's always something just outside of or that it can it just passed mm-hmm. i kept wanting to say also like um that, that what cannot be contained in language is also just essentially more dimensional than language. It's like, it's bigger than, it's more than in a way. Like, and, and so language to me can, can do amazing, fascinating things, but it tends to compress or collapse mm. uh, whatever it is, whatever the raw material is of your experience or the raw material of the message or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It compresses and collapses for such a wonderful service mm-hmm. to be understood, mm-hmm. right? But what gets lost? But what gets lost or what gets absorbed? Ooh, what does that mean? It means like, does it have to get lost or can it be something that I am feeling that you can then feel? Can you feel from me the, the, the unspeakable parts of what we're experiencing together. And see, that's what I think poetry does. And that's where I think poetry is, is the magic of language mm-hmm. because it finds a way to take a tool that isn't supposed to convey a feeling that is actually supposed mm-hmm. to convey information. Mm-hmm. If you think about words, they themselves have a dryness, have a non-embodiment. They're rigid. They're, Can be. they're, they're papery, I feel yeah. like. There, there are ways in which... Mm-hmm. They don't have the sound of the throat and the emotions of mm-hmm. the body mm-hmm. holding them and giving them resonance until they're spoken. Right, right, right. So right. I'm, we I'm bring looking, the, we bring life to language, them. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I I guess I just want to add yes, poetry as far as written language, but also, um, um maybe there's something. Maybe I'm going this way because of like late stage pandemic world that we're in or you and me finally being in the same room together or something there, where I'm going with this is maybe that like what is between the message and the messenger, all of that richness or all of that mm-hmm. more than or dimensionality, all of the things that can't, that don't fit when they're being mm-hmm. compressed into language unless you've got some, some beautiful craft at hand, unless you've got a poet weaving their works right there or, or I mean there's some writers who aren't writing poetry but they do that right sure I'm right? using poetry very broadly very broadly here. then absolutely but I think this is also talking about uh, what is present with us mm. when we are present with each other mm. even as we are using language mm-hmm. there's there's this word stuff that's getting moved back and forth between us and then there's also everything else that we're attuning to, that we're picking up on. There are mm-hmm. smells, there's comfort, there's like a, an impulse to hold hands at the beginning of the podcast and then we realized we couldn't focus on our words when we were holding hands, so we had we to let go. We started out holding hands. We did start out holding hands. 
Yeah. Does that make sense? Sure. <laughs> that means Karina was not following me. No. It means that I was taking your words and I was adding them to the spaces in between message mm-hmm. and messenger in my own brain. Mm-hmm. And part of what was coming up for me while you were talking was I kept, I kept asking myself, what is the value of being between? Mm-hmm. Because that's really what the, where the spell takes us is not into the curiosity about the message itself or about the messenger, but curiosity about that in between. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the painting, you think moth, moon, and then you're like, oh, right, and the clouds. And those clouds are the in-between. And that's, that's what I'm curious about because I think that's where we're going to find the key to this part of the riddle that can help us get to next month. As I'm hearing you talk, what's the answer that was coming up for me around what is between is longing. Mm. I felt this longing for, uh, for a, closer, mm. a closer pass. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm getting some of that yes. moon, I'm yes. getting some of that moon yes. milk, but really there's this longing to be closer to the real thing, to be closer to the essence of what it is that we're sharing that, that we want to be conveying or, or have understood. Yeah. I think you nailed it. So one of the keys to the riddle of this year that we'll finish next month is longing. And we might be coming into next month with a longing for uh, the answer, <laughs> right? Right, and then this spell, it's easy to get hung up on and distracted by what is the message. We have a year-long riddle. Mm-hmm. There have been messenger moths all throughout this calendar mm-hmm. so far, whispering in the ears of crows and flickering in the twilight. And this is the first moth that we see front and center mm-hmm. solo. Mm-hmm. Like this like, is, this is the arrived. message. <laughs> we have arrived at the message. Uh-huh. It is time to hear the message. And we've arrived at the message. It is time to hear the message. And what the spell is telling us is that we actually have to sidle in between <laughs> the message and the messenger in order to get to the actual solution or the end of the year. Right? Yeah. And I want to come back to what you discovered earlier, which is this is a recursive spell, mm-hmm. which is to say that we bounce between message and then the in-between and then the messenger and then the in-between and then the message. And this is the rhythm of us understanding our worlds. Mm-hmm. Always. Our, yeah. Our, our sense organs take in stimulus. That is the message. Mm-hmm. And then they are immediately translated by our nervous system and changed translated and changed mm-hmm. and then those synapses those nerves fire and as we receive the translation of our bodies what our bodies are perceiving as reality then we add meaning and then that gets added to mm-hmm. and then another experience comes in and then that mm-hmm. gets added to and so we are constantly weaving a fabric of storytelling internally that's right around what we're experiencing. Yep. And this is a spell of longing for being in, I think, a closer relationship to the pre-translation. That's right.
For the ritual that accompanies this spell, Karina and I have once again agreed. Uh, I think this one is is just right, so Karina's going to deliver it to you. My ritual for you is appropriately language-oriented and nerdy. It is about writing poetry, but you don't have to be a poet to do this practice. In fact, it might help if you don't consider yourself a particularly gifted writer. So what I invite you to do is to set a timer and get out pen and paper. Definitely do this by hand. Don't try to do this on a tablet or laptop. Um, Set a timer for about 10-15 minutes and turn off anything that's going to distract you. Like put your phone in another room, put it on silence, close the door, make sure that you have some time to really let loose. And think about this question of longing and what is it that's arising for you right now that's filling you with this feeling of longing. And for 10 minutes, 15 if you're really on a roll, but I would say, yeah, set the timer for 10. For 10 minutes, you're just going to free write about this. You're going to fill the page just writing as fast as you can. It doesn't have to be good. If you get stuck, just write any words. Just write, I'm stuck right now. I don't even know what to write. Just keep the pen moving until you have filled as many pages as you can in 10 minutes. At the end of those 10 minutes, you're going to go back If it's many pages, if it's one page, just kind of choose a few that have some phrases on them that jump out to you. And you're going to start to practice erasure poetry, which is taking away the unnecessary words. You might want to do this with white out or white paint or just scratch them out with a marker. There are many artistic and creative ways of erasing the words. You can cut them out of the paper, whatever appeals to you. But work with this for maybe another 10 minutes until you've created absence that can be filled. And when you have that absence, the words that are left on the page take on a really different relationship to each other and to the spaces in between. And it's really fun to see. And that is our ritual for you this month. That's it for this month. That's what we've discovered. It's a bit of a cliffhanger. Uh, I think that there's a little bit of a dot, dot, dot at the end of this one that will get picked up and worked with uh, to be continued next month when we really close this riddle. Thank you for following along with us. And you can follow us on Instagram at Abacus Corvus for you know, news updates every now and then we have a sale. If you are as excited as we are about this upcoming project, the Oracle deck, we will definitely be dropping images and ideas on our Instagram about it as we move into that phase of things. Mm -hmm. We still have 2022 calendars that are eager to make it to your doorstep uh, anytime, really, but now is a good time. And if you care to rate and review our podcast, if you're listening this long, there is something about this that appeals to you, or you're hate listening this long, unclear. Either way, let us know what you think. We would love to hear your feedback. And we'll uh, see you. That's not the right word, but we will be together again (laughs) next month uh, for the 
grand finale of the 2021 calendar riddle uh, bonanza extravaganza. That's exactly what it's called. Okay, great. Mm-hmm.